0: Roll and I'll just feel something. Welcome to Rackhouse Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jeff your host. Here I like to talk about bourbon and anything related to it. Sometimes I talk about life experiences, sometimes I talk about adventures I've had, sometimes I just talk about things I'm interested in. But you know what? Every time I talk from the heart. I'm a firefighter, I'm a craftsman, I'm an avid outdoors person, and I'm a lover of all things handcrafted. Thanks for taking time to listen. I'll do my best to make it worth your while. Rackhouse Ramblings is on the air. All right, this is episode 49, just a few days before Christmas. Got lots and lots to talk about. Uh, I'm going to get started first with, for those of you concerned about my health here, I'm okay, I'm healing up. (laughs) My stitches come out tomorrow, so that's pretty cool. been taking antibiotics all week, and then I got this nasty infection that is all under control, so everything uh, seems to be all good. I can't say enough good things about uh all my friends at Beaumont Canton thank thank you thank you thank you all the doctors and nurses everyone thank you uh I've been on light duty all week at work and uh it kind of helped with my new role uh I'm going to be trying a new position I am trying a new position called a training coordinator for anyone interested and um I guess what it entails uh uh, overseeing this new fire to get program at the fire department. Uh, right now, there are 27 cadets, just to, to share that with you guys. Uh, they're all attending an EMT basic class, and from there, they go to Fire Academy over at Macomb Community College, and then we go back to paramedic school uh, over at Dorsey College in Madison Heights. All that uh, training fits into one sentence, I guess, <laughs> but in real life, it's a it's a two-year journey, so I'll be there to help them along the way. Uh, I guess four days into this new role. I really enjoy it. I like it. And uh, if any of you guys meet one of the uh, cadets I'm working with, please, please, please welcome them to our department and welcome them to the fire service in general. Uh, so there'll be more to come to that uh, in the future. And uh, for this episode, I guess we're not going to really spotlight a bourbon, but I will be sampling a bourbon. It's one we spotlighted before. It is Evan Williams Bottled in Bond. And just to review what bottled and bond means, it is the spirit that is uh, the product of one distillation season by one distiller at one distillery. It has to have been stored in a federally bonded warehouse for at least four years and bottled at 100 proof. And the bottled product's label must identify the distillery where it was distilled and where it was bottled. That definition comes right out of Fred Minnick's book called Bourbon Curious. I had uh, some people over the other night, and we had some bottled and bond. And one of my buddies asked about it. Uh, So I thought, why not share some more bottled and bond information? And when it comes to that bottled and bond, uh, the bonded warehouse part, uh, if you ever get a chance to come to the bourbon room, I got a really cool collection of uh, government Locks. That's right. They're these special padlocks from the government Bureau of Industrial Alcohol, Bureau of, Industrial, Industrial, Bureau of Internal Revenue. That's the other one. Uh, BIABS, but something like that. But anyway, so we're going to share some bottled and bond Evan Williams. And you guys know I'm a huge Evan Williams fan. And this is one of my favorite uh, expressions, the bottled and bond 100 proof. At least four years old. And here we go. No sound effect coming right in front of the bottle. There you go. Kind of quiet, so we will sip on some bottled and bond while we're doing today's podcast. Mm-mm. There you go. Please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive. And uh, we're going to start off the show with uh, what do I got here? Let me. I'm looking at my show notes. Oh, there we go. Episode 49. We are on the air. <laughs> I'm reading my script right now. So, everyone, pay attention. This transition music. Uh I'm playing it for my buddy Dube. This is all Bob Seeger. Stay right there and we're gonna get started with the show. man does that song rock that's from uh live bullet one of the best rock and roll albums ever made that's called get out of denver hope you guys like that one so here we go merry christmas right out of the gate i've got some uh, fun shit uh is it real or is it fake so here they are i've got three of them you pick if it's real or if it's fake the first one calling 911 for a toe falling off for real somebody's toe is falling off i imagine it's a diabetic emergency probably but their tote was falling off. It's probably been falling off for a while, but it finally just fell off. Here's another one for you. Uh, structure fire. The porch is on fire. Caller states it's not that big. Everyone is out of the house. It's a two-story house, and the caller states he has he has issues with the fire chief, and if he sees him, he's gonna choke him. <laughs> Is it real or is it fake? I feel like the great Karnak opening the envelope And the last one call 911 a 21 year old male that drank too much alcohol. Boy, oh boy. I guess he's got problems if he's calling 911. Is it real or is it fake? What do you guys think? If you guessed real, well you're right. <laughs> so now let's get into some Christmas stuff. So last episode, uh, I was talking about Eggnog. This episode, I'm going to talk about the best holiday movie ever. It's called The Christmas Story. I know you guys know this movie. It's the one with uh, that kid Ralphie who wants the Red Ryder BB gun. We've all seen it. And TBS runs it for 24 hours on Christmas Eve. And I bet you didn't know the story behind the story. So I'm going to tell you guys about it. I did some digging, got the scoop. Um, Not to mention, I will fill you in on some of my personal experience with Christmas Story. That is right, my personal experience so we'll talk about that a little bit later first i went to wikipedia to pull up some scoop i'm going to read you right from wikipedia it says christmas story is a 1983 american classic comedy film directed by bob clark and it's based on gene shepherd's semi-fictional anecdotes in his 1966 book "In god we trust all others pay cash ...with some elements from his 1971 book. It's called Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. These are a couple of books you can go to Amazon and look them up and buy them. They're pretty funny. I've got both of them. I've read them both. And it's funny, when you read these books, you hear the guy narrating kind of in your head... If you uh, watch Christmas Story, that guy narrating is Gene Shepard. He's the guy that wrote the books. So when you read his other books, in my head, that's kind of how I hear it when uh, we're reading it. So anyway, I'll keep going with Wikipedia. Uh, It has been shown in a marathon annually on TNT since 1997. I said TBS, didn't I? It was TNT since 1997. Oh, and on TBS since 2004. Titled 24 Hours of a Christmas Story. 12 consecutive airings of the film from the evening... Of Christmas Eve to the evening of Christmas Day every year. It's often ranked as one of the best Christmas films ever. Wow, here you go. Uh, It was released 1983, filmed partly in Canada. It earned two Canadian Genie Awards in 1984. In 2012, it was selected for preservation by the United States National Film Registry and by the National Congress for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Imagine that, having your film being saved because it's significant. And when we talk about the film, let's talk about the plot. It's, I'm going to read what Wikipedia has here. It's really funny. The film is presented in a series of vignettes with narration provided by the adult Ralphie Parker, reminiscing on one particular Christmas when he was nine years old. Ralphie wanted only one thing that Christmas, a Red Ryder Carbonation Action 200-shot range model air rifle. <laughs> I can't believe I said that all without messing it up. Ralphie's desire is rejected by his mother. His teacher, Miss Shields, and even Santa Claus at Higby's department store, all giving him the same warning: "You'll shoot your eye out." That's a classic line. Uh, a Christmas uh, Christmas morning arrives, and Ralphie dives into his presents. He does receive some presents that he enjoys, but he is disappointed that he did not receive the one thing that he wanted more than anything. Stay right there, sorry guys, that was my computer making noise. Okay. Uh, that he wanted more than anything. It appears that all the presents have been opened when his father directs him to look at one present that he had hidden. Ralphie opens it to reveal the Red Rider BB gun. Ralphie takes the gun outside, fires it at a target perched on a metal sign in the backyard. However, the BB ricochets back and knocks his glasses off. While searching for them, thinking that he has indeed shot his eye out, he steps, up, steps on them and breaks them. Broke his glasses. He lies to his mother that a falling icicle broke his glasses. And she believes him. Ralphie is in bed and Christmas night with his gun by his side. And the adult Ralphie narrates that this was the best present he ever received. <laughs> so Wikipedia goes on to talk about the production. It says the screenplay uh, is based on material from Gene Shepard's collection of short stories, like we said earlier. And uh, God, we trust dollars, pay cash. And then there's three of the semi autog autobiographical short stories on which the film is based were originally published in Playboy magazine between 1964 and 1966. I did not know that this was published in Playboy. Uh, Shepard later read Duel in the Snow or Red Rider Nails the Cleveland Street Kid and told the otherwise unpublished story Flick's Tongue on his radio talk show on WOR. As can be heard in one of the DVD extras, Bob Clark states on the DVD documentary that he became interested in Shepard's work when he heard Flick's tongue. So the guy that directed it, Bob Clark, kind of resurrected and turned this whole thing into a movie. Uh, So he heard it on the radio in 1968. Additional source material for the film, according to Clark, came from unpublished anecdotes that Shepard told live audiences on the college circuit while shooting scenes in Cleveland in 1983. Clark told a reporter that it had had taken him 10 years to get the film into production. So this guy, Bob Clark, is the one behind um, actually making the movie from Gene Shepard. So I think it would have been pretty fun to to listen to Gene Shepard tell these stories live on stage. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, They go on and talk about the locations. This is kind of cool. The film is set in Homan, Indiana, a fictionalized fictionalized version of Shepard's hometown of Hammond, near Chicago. Hammond, Indiana, that is. The name is derived from Homan Avenue, a major street in downtown Hammond. Local references in the film include Warren G. Harding Elementary School and Cleveland Street. That's where uh, Shepard spent his childhood. Other local references include mention of a person swallowing a yo-yo in nearby Griffith the old man being one of the fiercest furnace fighters in northern Indiana, and that his obscenities were hanging in space over Lake Michigan, a mention of the Indianapolis 500 and the line to Santa Claus stretching all the way to Terre Haute. All these are Indiana references, by the way. The old man is also revealed to be a fan of the Bears, whom he jokingly calls the Chicago Chipmunks, (laughs) and he's a fan of the White Sox, consistent with living in northwest Indiana both of these because they're pretty close to chicago uh in commemoration of the setting the city of hammond holds an annual exhibit regarding the film in november and december including a statue recreating the scene where ralphie's friend flick (laughs) freezes his tongue to a flagpole so maybe we have to make a road trip to indiana the director bob clark reportedly sent scouts to 20 cities before selecting cleveland for exterior filming Cleveland was chosen because of Higby's Department Store in downtown Cleveland. Since Higby's was exclusive to Northeast Ohio, the department store referred to in Shepard's book and in the film is most likely Goldblatt's, located in downtown Hammond, with Cam Chinese Restaurant Three Doors Down on Sibley Avenue. Huh, so there you have it. Until they connected with Higby's, location scouts had been unsuccessful in finding a department store that was willing to be part of the film. Higby's vice president, Bruce Campbell, agreed to take part in the project on the condition he'd be allowed to edit the script for cursing. Ultimately, Higby's was the stage for three scenes in the film. Uh, The opening scene is one in which Ralphie first spies the Red Ryder BB gun in the store's Christmas window display. Higby's was known for its elaborate child-centered Christmas themes and decorations, with Santa as the centerpiece. The second scene was the parade scene filmed just outside Higby's on Public Square at 3 a.m., <laughs> 3 a.m. in downtown Cleveland. The parade was filmed at night because during the daytime, the 1960s Erie View Tower and Federal Building were visible from the Public Square, as was the BP Tower, which was under construction at the time. And the third scene was Ralph and Randy's visit to see Santa, which was filmed inside Higby's. The store kept the Santa slide that was made for the film and used it for several years after the film's release. Huh. So you could have got on that slide, too, when you saw Santa. Higbees became Dillard's in 1992 and closed permanently in 2002. In addition to the scenes involving Higby's, the exterior shots, and select interior shots where Ralphie lived, including the opening of the leg lamp of the house and neighborhood were filmed in the Tremont section of Cleveland's west side. So pay attention to that. The house was filmed in Cleveland. We'll get back to that. The house used as the Parker home in these scenes has been restored, reconfigured inside to match the soundstage interiors and open to the public as the Christmas story house. Appropriately, the fictional boyhood home of Ralphie is on Cleveland Street, the name of the actual street where Shepard grew up. Several other locations were used. The school scenes were shot at the Victoria School in St. Catharines, Ontario. The Christmas tree purchasing scene was filmed in Toronto, Ontario, as was the soundstage filming of the interior shots of the home. Uh, The only only I didn't say fudge scene was filmed at the foot of Cherry Street in Toronto. Several lake freighters were visible in the background, spending the winter at Toronto's port which lends authenticity to the time of the year when the film was produced. In 2008, two Canadian fans released a documentary that visits every location of the film. Um, The documentary is called Road Trip for Ralphie. Uh, If you guys have not seen it, it is on Amazon Prime. Ann and I watched it probably a couple years ago. It was really, really good. They go around everywhere around Toronto where uh, all the scenes were filmed for the movie. It's really cool, really cool. Um, uh, their road trip for Ralphie, it took two years to put together, includes footage of the filmmakers saving Miss Shield's blackboard from the garbage bin on the day the old Victoria School was gutted for renovation, discovering the antique fire truck that saved Flick, and locating original costumes from the film, and tracking down the location of the film's Chop Suey Palace in Toronto. So this documentary went to all these different places. Uh, next, they talk about the Red Rider PB gun. Ding, ding, ding. The Red Rider model BB gun was manufactured in Plymouth, Michigan by Daisy beginning in 1940. So for those of you that didn't know, uh, R- Daisy BB gun was right here in Plymouth. Uh, in the, If you're going down Main Street and you pass Kellogg Park and all that heading towards Old Town, uh, before you cross the railroad tracks on the south side, uh, it's behind the strip malls where the old factory was. So right now there's a condo uh, complex back there and all the streets are named after Daisy. So you can buy a condo. Uh, on Red Rider Street and actually my buddy lives on there uh, shout out to Jack so here we go the how, where'd I leave off here it was never manufactured in the exact configuration mentioned in the film the Daisy Buck Jones model did have a compass and a sundial in the stock but these features were not included in the Red Rider the compass and sundial were placed on Ralphie's BB gun but on the opposite side of the stock due to Peter Billingsley's being left-handed is that that's probably more than you ever want to know about the Christmas story, right? <laughs> so my personal experience, like I was saying earlier, was I visited, uh, I was in Cleveland and I went to the actual house, the Christmas story house where those scenes were filmed at. No kidding. It's a tourist destination, um, right in Cleveland, uh, just a couple minutes out in downtown. I think we were staying downtown and I took a cab over or something like that it was 15 bucks or something. This was before Uber and, um, What they did after the movie film there, the house kind of fell into disrepair. It was listed on eBay. No kidding. It was on eBay. It was auctioned off on eBay, and someone bought it, remodeled it, and uh, remodeled it back to what it was like exactly in the movie. So now you pay to walk through this thing. It's you get to experience all those things that Ralphie did. Um, my buddy Mike and I we had a ball walking through this house. I loved it. You can see the lamp; they have like the leg lamp in the window. And when you go upstairs to the bathroom, there's a bar of Lava brand soap. You remember Ralphie had to put soap in his mouth. And you can even right next to the toilet is the uh, they have one of those little orphan Annie decoder rings sitting next to there, so you can even check that out. Then uh, when you're through with the tour, if you go right across the street, they uh have a gift shop and the gift shop is really cool they have a bunch of memorabilia they have costumes they have pictures they have scripts they even have the story about the house being on ebay like the bidding and all that um in their (laughs) gift in their gift shop you can buy just about everything from the christmas story from like the bunny suit to the bb gun to the decoder ring and All that sort of fun, fun, fun stuff. So there you have it. That is my deep dive into the Christmas story. So um, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, the next segment um, is going to be an interview. I shouldn't say an interview. It's more like a conversation. Me and my buddy, Dube sat down and talked. Um, He's been on the show before. Uh, it tells great stories. We talk about food. We talk about bourbon, talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about coming back on. But um, Duob is a high school buddy. And I recently had just like a little holiday get together. He came by and we agreed to uh, uh, sit down and uh, record some thoughts. I think you guys will like it. It's kind of fun to listen to. Um, really, really, really knowledgeable about food. And we will have him back on. Um, so this is for you, Dube. I got some more uh, Bob Seger for you. Stay right there, guys, and uh, the next segment will be right back. Uh, Rackhouse Ramblings is back. We have a special guest, recurring guest. Doob, you're on our show. You know, you're the, uh, how would I say it? You're the, uh, you have more appearances than anybody in my show.
1: More than Eric? Uh,
0: yeah, he's been on twice, right? No, once. Oh, mm-hmm. only once? I think so.
1: Well, if you count the time that uh, I was the- at home.
0: A live one. Right.
1: This is the second time I did it live in, here.
0: In the studio. In studio. That's what we call it in the biz. In the studio. In studio. <laughs> Let me make sure my mic is checked you in You know here.
1: what you need? What's that? Is a live sign.
0: Oh, that would be sweet. I'll have to work on that. Yeah. On the air or something like or that. on air. On the air. Speaking of that. So uh where do you want to start do you want to start with truffles do you want to start with the holiday do you want to start with our get together how much fun we had oh we had a blast so those that didn't show up or didn't get invited i guess <laughs> well you know the picture
1: i put of all of us uh a lot of people from our class that's Commented. on facebook were oh it's great to see you give me
0: some names who is it because uh, i know lance felt bad he he couldn't make it. Yeah,
1: Lance, you loser. I can't believe you didn't show <laughs> I'm up. I'm sure
0: Lance doesn't listen, but Oops. we have to make him listen.
1: There's Heidi. <laughs> okay, You, here you we know go.
0: everybody, man.
1: Uh, Jason Bergel. I
0: remember Jason, yeah. He
1: said, wish you guys were all at the one under tonight, which I'm not sure what that means.
0: One under is a bar in Livonia over on five miles in front of the golf course. Oh. So and he's he local. Said, Merry he's Christmas. Said, Thank
1: you. Uh, see, no. Jeanette Flory said, great picture. Wow. That's Jeanette's, uh... You know,
0: we should probably invite her. I haven't seen her in a very long well, time.
1: Well, we should invite Jeanette. Yeah. Sister. Jean uh, Lindrop, who's Jean catcher oh, now. Oh, wow.
0: You know, I, we haven't talked to her in a long
1: time. Uh, wonderful to see everybody. Wow. Dana Anderson. I wow, know. what a great group of people.
0: She didn't say good looking, though, did she?
1: No. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh Angie Mauer who is now Angie's Zawaki. Wow. Said, "Ah, you know, great to see you guys. Merry Christmas. When we're
0: done with this podcast, maybe you can put a link in the Facebook or something if somebody wants to listen, seeing you how we're on the Riverside theme, uh, the alumni theme." Uh, yeah. Maybe somebody um, you'd want to hear.
1: Lisa Kowalski, who's Lisa Waisaki. Yep.
0: I haven't talked to her in a while. It's Said, wow, great
1: picture of you all. Happy holidays. Wow. And Angie Apostolos uh, Covis. Covis. I think she lives close by, to be honest with you. I think
0: she lives here in Northville.
1: Yeah, she does. I know that for a reason, but tragic reason.
0: I've heard that reason, yep. Yep
1: uh hello class of 85 great to see you all
0: oh 85 they're telling everyone how old we are yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's pretty cool i'm glad you keep in touch with all those people yeah
1: and there's a few more we
0: should you know we should invite Mani too that was the other one i forgot but yeah you know what it kind of came together really quick
1: Mani was supposed to accept my friendship and he never did on Facebook so I'm still still mad at him Uh, Heidi Bruni's on here but she didn't comment on that picture she just commented on my profile picture oh nice which is let's see we did like an Arab version where (laughs) they're not
0: smiling that's really good dude (laughs) that's really good
1: My sister does a photo shoot for us. Really? Yeah.
0: That was really good. I like that that's one. That's the one I picked. Everyone's in the robe? Yeah. I like how you got the background all blacked out.
1: <coughs> well, Maureen picks a different theme for us.
0: What uh, was that theme? What's that theme?
1: Uh, Pretty much pajamas.
0: Yeah, Christmas morning theme, right? Yeah. So if, to describe it to people, what it is, uh, it's that's like your Christmas card picture, right? So you'd put that on a Christmas card or holiday yeah. things or whatever, and it's Doob's family, his wife and his daughter <coughs> and his dog, and they're all wearing... Uh, Robes, like and in the morning, robes
1: and pajamas, and
0: pajamas, just like Christmas morning, like like you're going to celebrate. Last
1: your- year was velour, so I have this red velour. <laughs> she had my wife had like a gold one. Nice. Forgot what Melina
0: had. <laughs> we should do it, you know. And not that much fun. That's a lot of work. So yeah. we tried to do a family picture last night. It was a pain in the butt. We'll try try and do it again. Because we have to do, so like when we took our picture upstairs, we set the timer, right, with Anne's uh-huh. camera or her phone. We tried to do the same thing and it was just <laughs> holding the baby and my son and his wife and then me and Anne and Anne. Yeah, it was, it was a cluster. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we got one picture. I don't think we got one picture because okay. everyone moved at the wrong time. Yeah, You know, you need the professional person. So anyway, um, what else can we talk about? Was that, uh, I thought our party was fun, but everyone left early. What's the deal with 8 o'clock?
1: Well, we had to leave because my wife was working that night.
0: Right. And your daughter was home too.
1: Yeah, she was home. Yeah. But John,
0: Boogs, Paul, Zab. I don't know. I don't know. 8 o'clock. Just so everyone knows, the party ended at 8 o'clock. But luckily, Mick and Tara stuck around. We played Euchre for a while. We had a good time.
1: Before that conversation, or before everyone left, the conversation was about, let's see, hearing aids.
0: (laughs) Uh, I can't see.
1: you know, it was like all old people stuff, it and I'm was. like, wow. It's
0: funny. Paul was talking about cleaning his mom's hearing aids, and I brought mine out. I said, oh, it's funny you should ask. Yeah. I should say it. I have hearing aids.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know. That may have been part of that it.
0: May, yeah, we're getting old. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Oof. Yeah. There, got to go. I mean, I would have
1: stayed longer. Yeah, it no was problem. fun. But it was fun.
0: So we just ended up playing cards, eating some more food and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it
1: was great seeing everyone. I love seeing everyone. Like,
0: any reason they get together is pretty good. The older, Especially the older we get. I'm a people person, People, I am, too. (laughs) So uh, Gary called me yesterday, and he feels bad whenever he sees that picture. I think he kind of gets a little homesick, so he calls. He called me. He called John. I think he called... I'm not sure if he called Paul. Um, He went, like, around the horn. Andy Lewis. Andy called me. Oh, how come
1: Andy wasn't here? uh,
0: He was up north. I invited him and his wife, and he was going to come. He was up north, and... um, uh, so G- Gary feels a little left out, I think. Sorry, Gary. Sorry.
1: Well, you're in New Mexico, so... Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we can Zoom call you or something like that if you can do it. But I invited uh, Gary's sister, Julie. Huh? And I, if she was coming, I was going to try and get her to swing by and pick up her mom and dad, or at least her dad. Last time we had that party for Gary, he really had a good time.
1: Yeah, it was great seeing Gary. It's, it's always great. great seeing Gary. Yeah, uh. whenever
0: we get to see him. So... Um, what else was on my list for today? Food. F- so, yes, food. Let's talk about food. Um, you brought a plate of bourbon balls, truffles. Tell me what truffles. I've heard truffles.
1: Truffles is essentially a ganache, like a chocolate ganache, which is... Sorry. Like, uh, what, what's ganache? Uh, chocolate and heavy cream. Oh, okay. And sometimes butter. It depends. So
0: it's like a soft...
1: Well, these particular ones is made with dark chocolate. It's uh, 60% cacao. Cacao, cacao. uh, I'm going to open these up, all right? Yeah. And uh, with heavy cream. They look so good. And, you know, you...
0: You're a phenomenal cook, by the way. thank you. Your cookies that you left.
1: Yeah. Oh, did you enjoy them? Oh, yeah. I meant to bring you some meringue cookies, too, but I forgot.
0: You guys, every, everyone should invite Dub over because he brings really good <laughs> stuff with him. So, and
1: so I have, you know, I'm not a huge drinker. Right. I have bourbon at home for cooking. Mm-hmm. And As I'm everyone like, should. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I looked at my maker's mark that I had. I, I got to get a halfway decent mm-hmm. bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, I only have a little bit, but I go, I think I got just enough to make one batch of bourbon balls for Jeff. Oh, Perfect. And I appreciate I it. gave you. some to my friend down the street who's a bourbon guy like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Bring them
0: with you next time. So, so
1: like uh, truffles, you got to kind of put them in your mouth and roll them on your tongue in the uh, roof of your mouth, I think.
0: Is to, it, can I do that with this one?
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, you might want to take a bite and then let it kind of oh. melt.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That is so creamy good. Yeah. So, like, when, when I bite into it, it almost looks dry like a brownie. Yeah. But as soon as you get it in your mouth, yeah. it just melts away. It kind of reminds me of um, creamy, buttery chocolate. It's really good chocolate.
1: Oh. Really good. Well, it's uh, wow. Gerardelli.
0: So well, you start with Gerardelli? Yeah,
1: I always use Gerardelli. I never... Uh...
0: If, if people are listening, go back into my first season of Rackhouse Ramblings, and I did a deep dive on... Giardelli Chocolates. They're from San Francisco. That's like a family company. It is really good chocolate. Oh, they got
1: real good chocolate. Wow. Um, Really, really good. And the reason uh, chocolate melts in your mouth is because chocolate melts at like Mm. 94 Mm. or Mm. 95 degrees. Mm. And, you know, your mouth is essentially 97, 98 I never knew This
0: is phenomenal. And that's why
1: chocolate uh, melts.
0: So this one... Dude brought two kinds here. This first one, it looks like a uh, little round ball, but it's dusted. Is it the the dusting on the outside that what is that? That
1: dusting is cocoa powder mm-hmm. with a little bit of uh, confectioner sugar.
0: It is so good.
1: Now you can mix, put a little cayenne pepper in there Ooh. and spice it up a little bit.
0: Um, it's funny you say that. Um, when I go on the internet and look at recipes, I see chocolate and hot. They're like two, they yeah. go together. Well, that's
1: right? one of my favorite combinations is sweet and hot. Ooh. Like the uh, hot sauce that you gave me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a sweet and a hot. Shout out the smoky.
0: To, to Blue Collar. I'm going to have to get that guy on my show. You have yeah. To, when I get him, you got to come by. You have to it come by. It
1: delicious, I got to tell you. And, you know, me and Jeff both are somewhat of a uh, mm-hmm. hot sauce snob.
0: You know... Yeah, I guess I kind of am because I'm select, like I love Tabasco brand. I love Cholula brand. Yep. I like that Melinda's brand. Yep. This Blue Collar brand. I'm very selective about which ones. And it's fun trying. I, I love trying. They oh, can't sriracha. just be hot. I like Sriracha. I like chili garlic, chili lime. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm not a huge Chipotle guy. I'll eat. I'll do Chipotle, but I'm really liking that habanero. hmm And what makes that guy's good is the smoky
1: part. Yeah. Well. Chipotle is uh, smoked, yeah. smoked uh, jalapenos. Mm-hmm.
0: What's haban- is If you smoke a habanero, is it still a habanero? Don't they, no. They call it something different, right? I can't
1: think of the name. We'll right think of there. it. But but, anyway,
0: um, I need to tell you one more thing before I forget. All
1: right, because I want to tell you one of my biggest beefs, what we were just talking so about.
0: So you were saying you had a little bit of bourbon left, a little maker's mark. One of the things I do here on my top shelf, it's hidden back in there, I call it my infinity bottle. When any of these bottles gets too low or low to drink, I want to kind of get clear space. I mm-hmm. put it in the infinity bottle. I use it for cooking. So I have like just a blank bottle with no labels, no nothing. And it's kind of a blend of some different bourbons, but it's for my cooking. Oh. Infinity got, bottle.
1: Well, we'll talk about it. I'll inf-
0: start you on. <laughs> uh,
1: a sauce that I make called infinity sauce. That's easy. Shut the front door. Yeah, there's not it doesn't have bourbon in it. Mm-hmm. But you can put it on chicken wings. Uh noodles Ooh. uh just about anything, and all it is is like eight tablespoons of butter, mm-hmm. you brown it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, brown your butter, and you gotta be careful not to burn it because mm-hmm. you don't want to burn the milk solids. Mm-hmm. uh after it's brown, put it in a bowl, scrape all the brown bits in there, add one tablespoon of soy sauce mm-hmm. and a teaspoon of lemon juice, Ooh. and you cannot believe. We air fry chicken wings uh, 400 degrees mm-hmm. for 20, about 20 minutes, and they come out crispy. Then I toss them with the sauce, and Off it's like charts. kind of an unami, blow your mind. Have you ever heard
0: of zip sauce? Yeah. So at work, we get zip sauce every once in a while, that was, and that's what that reminds me of. We'll take yeah, the zip sauce and add, zip add, sauce add butter. We add a lot of butter, 800
1: too. more degree, ingredients in it, Yeah. which was invented in, uh, in Detroit. Zip sauce was? Yeah. Shut it's the front door. Yeah.
0: Yep. You're a plethora of food knowledge. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm <laughs> so glad that. you're back.
1: But, anyways. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the bourbon balls. Is that are, this one, right? Yep. Now, those are uh, ground up uh, vanilla wafers with ground up toasted uh, sta- or <laughs> pecans.
0: Usually, Ann gets me for Christmas, but she didn't this year. I'm not sure why david williams uh bourbon balls you have to oh. mall- you can only get them at their gift shop and uh wow those are really good really 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 good is there what's the crunchy part what is, is there
1: yeah well like i was saying there's the uh toasted uh, pecans in there That's that are grounded up yeah. with uh some oh, confectioner oh sugar and then a uh, little bit of corn syrup.
0: I'm probably not going to share these with them And anyone. bourbon.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you roll them in uh, regular granulated Mm-mm-mm. sugar.
0: So when we drink bourbon, we talk about the finish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you drink it, it's that taste that sticks around. Right. These have a finish. Yeah. It's that I can taste the bourbon at the end. Yeah. At the front, I taste all the chocolate and the nuts and everything. I was surprised how
1: much bourbon came through the bourbon balls.
0: yeah and it's you know it's not alcohol per se it's the taste of the bourbon yeah there's no alcohol when it's all said and done once you get above 180 degrees you bake these a little bit no no they're dry no so there, there are bourbon no bake balls <laughs> <laughs> these are no bake balls ladies yeah. and gentlemen they're Those really 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 no good. bake so to describe these it's like a little chocolate brownie with the dusting of is that just like a, a
1: granulated a sugar
0: regular granulated sugar
1: there is confectioner sugar in the... Uh, I'm a
0: big fan of sugar.
1: I know you are. That's why I, I'm like, oh, Jeff mm-hmm. loves sweet,
0: Annie loves bourbon. Mm-hmm. These are I, really, really good. I got to make them bourbon balls. You can taste, in the finish, you can really taste that. That bourbon is just a hint in yeah. there. I love these. Man, oh, man. Dude, we might have to sell some of these. mm, 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 mm. Man, well, I was talking made to my, my day.
1: wife, and she's like, cause I was telling her, I go, i, I got to get a picture of everything I make because I put it on my food site uh-huh. that I am belong to. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, you should have brought Jeff some bourbon balls.
0: I love it. I go, Cause that's why I made She didn't get for me any for Jeff. Christmas. She probably feels bad. Thanks, honey. Oh, but I mm, I told her, her so no, good. I got Jeff some. These are so good. I don't know, man. Mm-mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, my friend Mike down the street didn't share his with his wife. But oh, I only serious. gave him
0: four. Thanks. I've got more than four. I've got 9 mm. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm special. So, you know, we were talking about hot sauces earlier. Um, when I was at the uh, Cholula website, mm-hmm. they had some uh, Cholula brownie recipe in there that looked really good. Yeah. They had a couple of Cholula hot chocolate, if I remember right. They were doing the sweet and the chocolate, or the hot and the chocolate thing quite a bit and I think Tabasco had some food recipes too on there that one I haven't gotten around to doing it but you want to try it Mm-mm.
1: Mm. yeah I love the Cholula uh green
0: sauce yeah. they got. The verde yep oh. that one's pretty good it's just it's not too too hot it's just right it's
1: like your buddy's hot sauce mm-hmm. it's hot but it's not like burning oh,
0: hot I still they? taste it we're gonna get him on a show, Blue Collar something So that's something what I wanted to tell
1: you, because um, his sauce is flavorful and mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. But like when you go to a lot of these Mexican restaurants, you'll get the medium salsa, and it has cilantro and mm-hmm. it's got all this flavor. So when you order the hot, it doesn't. It's like wah, it. wah wah wah, mm-hmm. and you gotta add the 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 medium mayo, to the hot, the to, the
0: hot yep. to give the hot flavor. And
1: mm-hmm. so I never good.
0: understood that. The, um, if you go to Fresh Time, actually Fresh Time in Canton or Fresh Time here at Five and Beck, mm-hmm. um, that hot sauce, he's on the end cap and he's got, uh, five or six different, uh, flavors and he's got dry rubs too. Oh. So I will have to try some I'll of that.
1: try that. So, There's a
0: What, hey, what's on your menu for, um, Christmas? Yeah. You're, you're going to, are bread. you hosting or are you going out?
1: No, we're, uh, on Christmas day, we're just staying in. Okay. Uh, Christmas Eve, we go to my sister's house. Yeah. What are you taking? uh my standard is always deviled eggs mm-hmm. and then i always make an extra thing and mm-hmm. i'm making a uh orange cranberry olive oil cake whoa yeah i'll send you a picture of will be it's good. done because it's going to look really when fruity. you do
0: your um deviled eggs like when i do mine i'll do like three different um spins on it so oh, okay. my one spin is just regular old-fashioned you know polish mom style where it's yeah. like egg salad right yeah but my next one um i'll do a uh, mexican style with the hot sauce in it oh. and um the other one that i do what was the other one i did like i try and do like a mediterranean or something i'll try and do a couple different fla- oh cilantro that's what i put in and I'll, it depends whatever i have laying around i'll do like a couple different flavors instead of just plain deviled eggs i just
1: do regular and then i do another set for my Mm brother-in-law who loves horseradish
0: so i top his with uh horseradish i showed Ann how to make all that the first time the other day last monday no um deviled eggs oh yeah
1: and sometimes i've done this before where you uh boil your eggs and uh you know shell them Mm -hmm. and you do it a week before christmas and you put uh beet juice in there and it turns them purple
0: the whole egg right the white yeah
1: nice and it has this real pretty color to it
0: i have have you ever had um the dickie's barbecue uh uh what shit i'm having to bring pickle chips from costco so Mm -hmm. in the costco they have down the aisle you can buy uh the dill pickle chips but they're hot they're called sweet spicy from famous dave's the barbecue no
1: no no i Oh, I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like
0: little pickle chips? You know,
1: I was thinking of the place in Toledo. Oh, I
0: haven't been there.
1: Um, that
0: Famous Dave's or something?
1: That Famous Dave's, it's a, a hot dog place. I haven't ev- been there. Everyone goes to. you never been there?
0: Mm-mm. I was going to say, I, I do my pickled eggs inside the Famous Dave's. Uh, <laughs> I open the pickle jar put my boiled eggs in, oh. hard boiled, and then yeah. after a week or so they get that flavor.
1: Oh. Well... You know what I do a lot, because I like uh, uh, Claussen's dill pickles. Mm-hmm. And I always get uh, three, four jalapenos, cut the tops off, and, and put them stick in. them into the pickle jar. Ooh. And after, you know, five days or so, they're pickled. They absorb and, it. And you got great great uh, jalapeno I'm pickle. I'm going to have another one, by the yes. way. So, Can't help but that's myself. what I like to do.
0: So cake and deviled eggs. Here I think we're going to do... Um, standards like ham i'm gonna do oh i'm gonna do the venison kibasa mm-hmm. with uh sauerkraut so i've got regular kibasa. like uh it's not kowalski it's one of the other brands johnsonville or something was on sale and then i'm gonna have on the side is the venison kibasa to go with it it's really dark they just smoke that and everything i just got it like two weeks ago yeah.
1: but yeah for christmas we're doing uh, prime rib i already bought it Did you where'd you get from Kroger's, they were on sale.
0: We did a Cattleman's one at work about two weeks ago.
1: Man, is that good. Was it good?
0: Yeah. So when we're at Cattleman's, they will season it for for $3. He cut it and everything, did everything, trimmed it. Um, So you get it off the rack, hand it to him, he trims it, splits it open. Has this tub and he brought out all the seasonings. Splits it open. You mean takes the bones off? Mm, didn't he like kind of, you know the bone sticks up, right? Yeah. Somehow in there he went, opened it and seasoned it all between, put in a, oh. a red pepper and green pepper and stuff, and then closed it back up, tied the whole thing and wrapped it. Oh my God, was it good. Yeah. For $3 to season the whole thing and wrap it, it was the best $3 I ever spent. Okay. But it was a $130 prime rib. It was uh, one of the guy's birthdays and he wanted to splurge on everyone. Whew. There, so we ate prime rib that night, and the leftovers they cut up and did shaved uh, beef sandwiches like, at, uh, oh, okay. like a Philly cheesesteak kind yeah. of thing. So we got like two meals out of it. Oh, yeah. Pre- yeah. Pretty damn good. A lot of times I'll yeah. do... Like, You're doing prime rib for three? Yeah. How do you? Is it like a small one that you get? It's a smaller one, yeah. yeah. The
1: recipe I use, or the method I use is kind of like a reverse here. Is it that 500 degree one and shut the door? Yeah, no. No? No. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, It's like, you know, it literally says go to your lowest setting and cook it until you get to your desired temperature. Mm -hmm. You know, we like around, I'll go like around
0: 125. So it's still pink in the middle? Oh, yeah. Okay. And won't any of that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a brother-in-law like that, two brother-in-laws like that, and I just, what I do is I cut the ends off. After it's done cooking, Mm -hmm. then cook it in the pan for Sear
0: there two sides, yeah. And he
1: said it was the best prime rib anyone's ever done for him.
0: To me, it's a little overcooked. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. That's
1: nice of you. So then after you cook it for like Mm -hmm. five, six Mm -hmm. hours, take it out and let it rest for a good hour. And that's the great thing about it is you can, whenever you're ready to go eat, because you don't want prime rib, you know, blazing hot anyways. Right, right. Then you put it under the broiler, down low. Mm-hmm. Get it all crusted up, and you're
0: done. Do you know how to do the au jus sauce and all that? Like the au jus, it's just drippings, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's that's why I, I haven't done it. But like for
1: Thanksgiving, I'm uh, the gravy I make could be mm-hmm. on the cover of a gravy magazine. Really? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I ain't lying. <laughs>
0: Not to brag, but my gravy is this shit.
1: Well, what we <laughs> do is we make a stock all night. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife, she when she cooks the turkey, <clears> she gets all the drippings and everything. Mm-hmm. And I take the fat from the turkey. Yep. And I put that with, uh, you know, some, uh, make a roux. Yep.
0: And then I Do you got, use those innard parts, the neck and things like that for your stock? stock it's in the stock. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, um... Mm-hmm. Mm. Then they uh, so take good. all the drippings and the uh, uh, stock that we made, and
0: that's how I make my gravy. Nice. We we need to, we talked about it before, but we need to do like a cooking episode where you make something. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Something kind of quick, easy, 15 minute that people can throw together. What do they want? Um, <clears throat> hummus? Of course, hummus would be cool. <laughs> of course, something, it'd be cool if it complemented bourbon, doesn't have to. Um, I don't know. We have to think of something. All right. Something quick and easy. It's like a hand-eating food, you know, something. What do you call it? Finger food. Finger food. Finger. These bourbon balls are so good. I have to push them away. There's, uh, otherwise, I'll eat the whole thing. Would Ann like something like that? The bourbon balls? No. Yeah. She pro- you know, she would eat this. She'll probably eat that truffle, I'll tell you. She'd eat the shit out. It's really good. But the bourbon ball, I think for her, um, might be a little too... That finish might be a little strong. I love it. Yeah. She's not a huge bourbon drinker, but. Right. It, she'll, she'll take a bite and probably hand it to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is bourbon. Yeah. Balls. That's I the mean, whole idea. It, it,
1: that's the whole point. Hello. It. You know. <laughs> but,
0: uh, yeah. Cool. I mean,
1: I had a feeling
0: you would like them. I was hoping you liked them. For sure. <clears throat> For um, sure. <clears throat> what else have we got to cover? We, we've been at it almost 30 minutes, just so you know. Well. It goes by I don't really know. quick. Any topics you uh, want to cover? been a half hour already. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, when I get to talking about food... I know. Boom. I'm the same. I'm, like, interested. I love yeah. talking about any of that. And one of the things... You know what? For me, it's um, the senses. So yeah. food triggers taste and smell and touch. And I associate it with other memories. So for me, like, food... I can be... Anything that triggers all my senses, I'm really into. Well, it. plus you're a science guy. And food is science... Oh, it is, isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah. it's very science. I I never thought of it that it, way. Yeah. Everything about cooking is science. Science, hmm. From making a roux to you know grilling something. I mean, there is science. Low to it. and slow. You know why is cooking low and slow good? You know. You know. I mean, would you cook a ribeye low and
0: slow? I have a no. book that uh, it was about uh, beef, and it talked about all the different cuts. And I, I know I reviewed it on. It's called Year of the Cow. And I it, yeah, I remember that. It told me about why something is low and slow to break down the tissue. The, yeah, the the collagen. I never knew anything about that yeah. until that. And then why something tastes better if you grill it fast? The uh, tenderloins or the the uh, other muscles.
1: Right, ribeye. See, for me, you know, tenderloins are good. I mean, it's a tenderloin. Yeah, it's you know, tenderloin. It's very tender. Ribeye is my favorite. But ribeye, that's the money shot I right I li- like I'm
0: into my I like a little bit of um, marbling. I love that. Have you had wagyu yet? You've had wagyu, right? I love wagyu. Not really. I could eat it. You know. I was
1: at Costco today, and they had two wagyu
0: steaks. I know. For ninety nine bucks a pound. It's yeah, it was
1: two hundred and twenty two dollars. I'll
0: let you in a little secret. If you just wanted to buy one steak, go to Cantoros. He has it at the butcher counter. Oh. And he has different cuts. So there's the ninety nine dollar pound, all the way down to the New York, which was thirty nine dollars. Huh? So if you want to get one steak or two steak, that's what Ann and I did. He's got uh, one steak, cut it in half. Just to try it. One day. One day, day I want to get an A5. One, an a, wait, explain yeah. to everyone else what A5 means. What uh, does that mean?
1: That's the the primo way. Better than sex. Yeah, like, you know, I mean. Do it, you make love to the steak and it's, it's cook not, it? Uh, it's not meat <laughs> with fat. It's fat with, with a meat. little bit of meat. They it, mel- That wagyu
0: wel- melts in your mouth. Well,
1: it's, you know, they, they say they
0: actually in Japan massage the cows. I would believe it. You know. But so... That was the only, I remember talking about it. We have Wagyu here in the u s. There's only I can't remember the. there's a number of cattle that are here in the u s. and it's like maybe a couple hundred or something minimal. It's yeah, they keep it very regulated.
1: Uh, I don't think Japan is allowed
0: anymore. their, 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 their no. cows
1: aren't allowed to come here anymore, right. We have yeah. a certain
0: amount they're here, and that is it. So they're not like Japanese. They're like the American ones now, yeah. but man, which is the shame. It, it is fricking. The steak I had was good, and it's real simple. I went online. I wanted to say it was seven minutes or six minutes a side. <gasps> Does that long. sound? Maybe I'm thinking it could be four. I'm not sure. But it was only salt, pepper, a little butter, and that's yeah. it. Like, real simple. Real, and you don't ever, ever cook it well done, ever.
1: No, we should never cook N- any steak well done. But I, you know, Some people, people do like to eat the way they like Chefs to get
0: eat. pissed when you ask for a well-done steak. It is what it is. Did you ever read any Anthony Bourdain's books at all? Mm-mm. like if somebody asks for something well done they get really pissed yeah they usually know. find the oldest steak in the freezer because the person doesn't know about steak any, and then they cook that one well yeah. done <laughs> don't ever ask for a well-done steak just so you know people But people like well done steak. and does yeah. and likes her as well done. you know I, I, my
1: one brother-in-law two brother-in-laws like I said. well done they both uh, like them well done my one it's like brother, criminal it is my wife's brother says you can't cook me a well-done steak. I go, what do you mean? He goes, because people don't like doing it.
0: I'm Well, like, you give people what damn. they want, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what I would do is actually i probably sous vide it.
0: Ooh, you got and the sous vide.
1: Oh, yeah. Damn. That's, you know what? When I make like all right, the cookies I made with the royal icing. Yeah. Because I get a little weird about uh, people getting sick when mm-hmm. I, they eat my food. Oh,
0: that's
1: so royal icing is essentially egg whites. You can buy pasteurized egg mm-hmm. whites, but anyways, it's egg whites with confectioner's sugar and a dash of salt and some vanilla extract. Well, I sous vide my eggs at 134 degrees for one hour, mm-hmm. which doesn't cook them. Kills them. But it pasteurizes okay. them. And they look a little, um, wow. when you crack them, the egg whites don't look, you know, they're a little cloudy. Mm-hmm is the right word but that's how i pasteurize my eggs because wow. even though it's not a big chance of somebody getting salmonella mm-hmm. I, uh, I just want to take that chance out
0: i want to do um sous vide my uh, venison ribs like low and slow real long time and then finish yeah. them on the grill uh yeah you ever because i we buy i've never done the sous vide method oh but. well we
1: do um what do you call it like not chuck stick but uh was it like an eye around we we'll get yep. a big eye around yep You know, sometimes a six, seven pounder. Mm -hmm. And I'll surveil it for roughly 30 hours.
0: Holy shit.
1: And, you know, and I do a pre and post sear on Uh it. Dude, (laughs) that's hardcore. Well, well, if you're going to do it, why
0: screw around? Yes. Yes, I can appreciate that. And I got my
1: big meat knife. You know, it's made for slicing meat. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like $75 just for it. It's for but, the knife, yeah. But I, I do suggest you get it's it. It's worth it. It is worth it. <laughs> and I slice it really thin. Yep. And you can have like a chimichurri sauce with it or whatever you want. And oh, man. Man. It, it, we got lots of time. We it, need it. To, it just, it like almost melts in your mouth.
0: Yeah. This new job that I've got, I'll have more regular schedule we'll have to do this again yeah like in my head i'm thinking i want to talk about sous vide i want to talk about your knife i want to talk there's a lot of things and especially like i know people would be really interested in that sous vide i have a lot of friends that are hunters and outdoors people and like to cook have the same um interests yeah and sous vide has come up um, quite a bit oh. in the in the wild game cooking because it'll do low and slow yeah regulates your temperature yep. um takes the tough meat and makes it soft which is one of the big things and anytime we talk about knives is cool so yeah wow well i'm gonna right. i'm gonna cut us off here if anyone um uh, has any comments or anything leave them on the podcast Rackhouse house ramblings uh I guess we're going to be out, right, you Say goodbye, Doob, and. Bye. And, and Thank <laughs> you for having me, Jeff. You're I really welcome. appreciate I it. I like having you on here. You know, it's always our schedules, right? Yeah. We've talked many times. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. But our schedules just don't seem to work out. But today, <laughs> it, it worked out really, really good. All right. Rackhouse Ramblings will be right back. You guys stay right there. you guys like that segment hope you guys like the bob seeger hope you like listening to Dube. um you know in the i was just thinking about something and as as i was doing the editing here uh the best move the best the best christmas related uh movie i think was christmas story so i wanted to think of the worst one i don't know if you guys have ever heard of this but if you go on youtube and you search the star wars christmas special it's called star wars holiday special from 1978 I believe it was voted the worst TV show of all time for everything. If you want to see something really corny, really stupid, give it a, a <laughs> try and watch like 15 minutes of it. And the story behind it is um, George Lucas agreed to let somebody else use his Star Wars characters and the Star Wars theme and the, the whole Star Wars idea. He kind of said, Here, you guys can do it. It was the first time, and it was the last time. So George Lucas never, ever, ever let anyone use his Star Wars stuff ever again, the whole idea and all that sort of thing. And I believe, if I remember right, there was a documentary on about it that it was going to be 30 minutes, and they had so many people wanting to advertise. They had to stretch it out to an hour, to two hours, or some shit like that because they had just people wanted to advertise on it. In 1978, Star Wars was, it was so, so popular. Everyone wanted to get in on it. So anyway, there you go. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Have a safe holiday. I want to thank all you guys for listening. I've, I almost thought about trying to list all the names of everyone out there, but I know I would miss someone. But uh, with that being said, everyone have a safe and happy holiday. Uh, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. If you do drink, drink good bourbon. So Rackhouse Ramblings episode 49 is done. We're closing in on number 50. That's going to be huge. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.
1: solitude fire me up with your resistance Mm, put me in the mood storm the walls around this prison leave the inmates free the guards deal me up another future from some brand new deck of cards take the chip off i show